0: Welcome to Bellwether. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for joining yet again this week. Um, Last week, we talked to a, uh, we had a wonderful guest. His name was Tom Rizzo on the show. Tom is a, uh, he's a financial advisor by trade, but really he's a jazz guitarist. And it's a very interesting kind of combination. Um, But he, a fantastic jazz guitarist. He was on um, The Tonight Show, I think, uh, for a short period of time. But as a freelancer and as a musician, he saw a, um, there was a need in the marketplace to to be an advisor to these types of people. For those who are freelancers, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, Uh, self-employed individuals, sometimes the lack of a frequent paycheck can make saving for retirement a little more difficult, or saving for anything, really, uh, a little more difficult, simply because we don't know when the money's going to come in. Uh, I've myself as a perfect example, I've had full quarters where I've had no revenue and then I've had quarters where it's like skyrocketed. Right. And it's, you talk through and it ebbs and it flows. and, And you see that a lot in real estate. You see that a lot in, in music. You see that a lot in, um, in coaching and a lot of, a lot of different things. And he had a lot of great advice, uh, primarily on, his advice for saving for long terms and, and doing all of those things is um, is that there's a need to be consistent. Um, something called dollar cost averaging, which you know you consistently put into the market over time and eventually compounding growth, and, and you make a lot of money, and that's great. Uh, but I wanted to take a step back because it, I didn't want to go too far into investing because that's where most of the financial conversation goes. A lot of financial conversation really jumps to you're not saving enough for retirement, you don't have enough money in your bank account, uh, credit card versus paying off credit card debt versus building up an emergency fund and all this other stuff. But we jump over just fundamental basic stuff that I had to figure out on my own, um, and I'm glad I did. Uh, And so, so while it's good advice for people at that point, uh, I wanted to to give a little bit uh, of a more baseline financial one hundred and one kind of three questions and the three things that you need to know before you do any of that any of that stuff and um, it's been requested by a lot of people uh, that I've talked to or they say oh that would be great if you could just kind of kind of put this into a podcast because I talk to people about this a lot. Um, and it's such a big component of surviving in the new economy, and that's really my filter through this, is how to evolve and survive in the new economy. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you've probably heard my big three, uh, which was kind of a self-discovery of myself, but it's really what I found that you're really going to need to be successful in the new economy. And it, The three buckets, uh, my wife makes fun of me when I say buckets, but there are three buckets a uh, physical mental and social, and there are the categories in that, and I'm not going to repeat them all here, but that's it. But as I was writing the book, uh, coming out this fall, by the book, um, I'd be remiss to leave out the biggest component of surviving in in the new economy, and that's uh, the financial aspect. Um, and so my physical, mental, and social all had three components. Okay, Your physical, of course, is your diet, your fitness, and your sleep. Your mental is self-care, self-love, your belief system. So there are all these things within it. And and financial, from a basic fundamental aspect, I found three components that you're going to need in order to, to survive in the new economy. And um, I'm not going to make you wait till the end. I'll tell you what they are. They are uh, uh, you need a budget. You need to know your net worth and you need to know what your goal is. And I'm going to give you a little bit more explanation on that and, and kind of walk you through because a lot of coaching and also a lot of the things I do on the show is really theoretical. I'll ask you just this wide open question and ask you to go think and you kind of make it your own and, um, and that's good. It's really important work and it's important for you to figure these things out and figure out who you are and what you want to do and, and all of those different aspects of, of, you know, the meaning of life is self-development and developing yourself and learning about yourself and all that, you know, really good. It's good stuff. It sounds cheesy, but it's good. Uh, I, I've, I've bought it. So, um, that's it. But I'm also, every once in a while, I have this kind of, you know, brain spasm where it says I need to give something a little more tangible. Um, and that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to tell you how to figure out these three numbers, because if you're talking about anything from a financial perspective without three these three fundamental basic numbers, you're doing yourself a disservice. Um, and so let's get it. You know, and and the challenge with it is is people are afraid to ask questions. Money is is such a funny topic. It's it's so um, that I have groups of friends where it's it's not a funny topic. They just talk about everything wide open, and um, and then there are people who just ignore it. And, uh, I don't know if they just hope it goes away or they just don't know what to ask or, um, or what. And, and so, um, this is what I've learned over the years. And these are the three big numbers that you need to know. Background on me. I'll give you some street cred on, on me. I was never a financial advisor. I'm not a financial advisor, uh, which is why I'm not going to tell you where to put your money. Um, but I did have a 15 year career in the financial industry and, and, Granted, I fell S backwards into the financial industry. Um, I did everything in it, just about. It was uh, I started in in public relations. I did investor relations. I did executive communications, and then I, I moved into business strategy, administration, and all these things. And I, I got to work on a lot of different areas in the financial industry, a lot of different areas in different of, from very large banks, international banks, all the way down to to big brokerage firms. Um, and you acquire this knowledge. You just have to, because this is what you're talking about. And you learn from these experts. And as you're creating a financial product, what do they think about? And why are they thinking about it that way? And and what do you do for an individual investor? And, and how do you do that? Um, and so I, I ran the gamut, um, supporting financial advisors, giving them the materials they needed. And, and it slowly formulated, pieced together who I am as, as a financial individual and and the expertise that I have in finance and, and uh, look running a PR campaign in the middle of 2008, 2009 for a financial institution was probably the worst job you could possibly have at any time. Um, and that was me. I was doing investor relations and public relations in 2009 as the, the stock market was, uh, crashing. I remember sitting in an office, just watching the screen go down, down, down. Um, and, and, from a communications perspective and all the different audiences. I mean, I learned so much in terms of keeping clients calm and keeping employees calm and, um, and doing the right thing. And so, uh, I, I got a lot of really good advice and I had a, a great opportunity to work on really cool projects. Um, which was great. And one of the, we had, we paired up with a, a, a charity, uh, a nonprofit to have a bus tour around the country and just give free financial advice. And any financial advisor there wasn't allowed to give out a, a business card or anything. It was just, you show up and you do free financial advice. I went everywhere from Harlem to Nashville, to Omaha, to whatever, uh, all the way out to California. And it was, it was really good. Um, and so I got great advice from that as well. So, uh, that's my street cred in terms of finance, uh, in terms of understanding what, a what it is. That you need. And then of course, you know, my own particular situation, um, Obviously, gives me gives me a bit of a filter in my my foundation there as well. But um, so I I'm not just making this up. Um, I've written a lot. I've written speeches for executives. I've done a lot of this work, uh, and I I um I know what it takes. Uh, I know what it takes for uh, for you from a financial perspective, and that's what I'm going to talk about. But so before I do that, let's talk about money okay, because money is, uh, you know, it's it's usually an elephant in the room. Uh, the idea of money is driving so much right now, um, whether it's on uh, wealth redistribution, whether it's on income inequality, there are so many different aspects to money. Uh, people have it, people don't. Um, and and there's also a psychology to it, too. I, You know, when you grow up, um, you're told to be charitable. You're told to um, do the right thing with money and not have a love of money. And, and, money is the root of all evil. And, um, you know, you shouldn't be greedy and, uh, it all gets mashed up into this thing. And, and I had to really unwind that kind of rubber band ball for myself in terms of, you know, money's not a bad thing. Uh, money is not the root of all evil. Uh, the actual quote, if you want it is the love of money is the root of all evil. So there's a nice little nuance there. So that's I read that one time. I was like, ah, that's pretty good. Um, but but money isn't bad, okay. And this isn't a talk about having money versus not having money. It's it's here's the thing about money. It doesn't solve all your problems, but it solves your money problems, which are the biggest problems that most people have. Um, so acquiring money in a uh, fair and legitimate way is, uh, is, is fundamentally basic to, uh, I keep saying fundamentally basic today, but that's it. It's, it's how you're going to survive. It's how you're going to survive in the new economy. If you're waiting for, uh, the government to give you something, you're going to be waiting a long time. Um, you are ultimately responsible for your, for your financial situation. Now, there are other dynamics that come into impacting your ability to make money. I'm not going to go into that. I will recognize that, um, but sometimes that's just something that you need to do a pivot on, and and we say, all right, how do we get started, and how do we do it? Um, and so what I'm, what I would really, my my takeaway today is to drive understanding. Okay, I'm not telling you what to do with your money. I'm not telling you um, how to save your money. I'm not going to tell you where to invest your money. I'm not going to uh, what account is best and what credit card, and and you're supposed to give this much money to other people and. Um, and I'm not trying to give you an understanding of the financial markets. What I'm trying to give you is an understanding of your financial situation, your particular financial situation. And that's what my questions are destined to do and and designed to do. Then once you understand your particular financial situation, you can then begin to make different decisions on what's next, uh, on how to get to wherever it is you need to go, um, what you need to do to become a millionaire, multimillionaire, whatever it is that you want to do, no matter how much you're making, you'd be making 10 bucks an hour. Um, I do believe that there's a way to do it. It's not easy. Um, but there are, you know, there are people who have done it and if other people can do it, I don't see why, why anybody else can't. Um, it's, it's going to be a lot easier for some people for sure. Um, but you can do it. It just takes work. So let's, let's talk about what we're afraid of and why we hate money. Um, we hate talking about it for three reasons. One, it's intimidating. Um, our financial situation, I should say, it's not even just money. It's our financial situation is intimidating. If, uh, if there's a lot of confusion, uh, we don't know what to do. It's exhausting. You try to take a look at what you're capable of doing and you're looking at your bills and you're like, how the hell am I supposed to save money? It seems like it's a mountain that's too high to cross. Uh, that's, that's, that's big. I mean, when you hear one person tell you you need six months of an emergency savings uh, for your expenses and then you're looking at $40,000 of credit card debt and you're like, uh, I'm just going to you know, let this pan soak. I can't clean it right now. Um, it's exhausting to try to do it. And, and you get depressed and despondent and, and you don't really know where to go. And then maybe you make a decision. You start to put money towards debt. And then you get this little light bulb saying, well, you don't have an emergency fund and the economy's crashing. So you start putting it over there. But then you take all that out because you got to pay the credit card debt that's going up and you just don't know where to go. And so it's a lot easier um, to just kind of ignore it. Uh, (laughs) You just kind of want to ignore it. And and when you peel back the onion, that leads us to number two is we're afraid of what we're going to find. So, it's easier to ignore because we don't want to look at that mountain. We're afraid it's going to tell us that we have a negative, we're worth negative $50,000 or we have so much debt, we're not going to be able to pay it back. Um, and when you get that number, it's almost like a fear of pain. Uh, you feel like a failure. You feel you, you. begin to panic. You say, How in the hell am I supposed to do this? Um, you may find out you're going to have to tell yourself no a lot more. Uh, no, you can't go out to restaurants. No, you can't do this in order to get it. And we we're not very good at doing that. We're not good at telling ourselves no, Um, and so we, we tend to ignore it. It's like having cancer, but if you never go to the doctor, the doctor can't tell you that you have cancer. So you just ignore it. You don't go to the doctor. Um, but that, that cancer will grow. So, um, that's it. So, so the mountain too high, too much to do, uh, afraid of what we're going to find out. And then you add the confusion thing onto it with all the acronyms and, and it's, it's, designed to, to confuse. And, um, I feel like the more people you talk to in finance, the more they just like to showcase their knowledge, uh, rather than just tell you what it is that you need to know. And, and when you sit there and you say, all right, well, what's an ETF versus uh, a mutual fund and you're putting it into your 401k versus IRA versus a Roth IRA, and you've got A shares and B shares and options and all this other stuff. And the list goes on and on. Nobody cares, Right, You just look at that and say, I'm not going to figure all this out. Check it off the box. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to worry about it later. Worry about it later. 15 years go by, and then all of a sudden you're 60, and you say, well, shit. I didn't do anything. I wish I, I, wish I read that book. Um, and it's okay. I'll tell you this. It's okay that you don't understand it. Tom Rizzo said it last week, and I, I loved what he said. He said it was, um, it's not knowing what to focus on in finance. It's about knowing what to ignore. You know, there's a 24 hour news cycle and all this stuff about what the dollar's doing. And, and let's take a look at the jobs report and how that's going to impact long term blue chips versus this and, and, you know, the Nasdaq versus the S&P and people people don't get it. Um, but here's the thing. You don't need to get it right. That's not information for you. OK, for most people, I mean, that's 24 hour news cycle of people who are really into this stuff and they're doing different types of training. There are people who make a career out of this. That's fine. You don't have to. OK, uh, you there are very simple, basic ways to invest and save and do all this thing. So uh, I'll tell you right now, most of the stuff that's blasting through on CNBC is irrelevant to you. Absolutely irrelevant. Um, and so, I, you know, ignore it. We, we can talk about the basic things and it's very simple and when you understand the basics all of a sudden you realize that the swings in the market and everything else really are irrelevant. They're irrelevant. They go up and down, but if you're a 40-year-old person with a 401k, you're not touching that for 20 something years, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And and some people try to chase the dollar and they try to beat the market. And you know what? Sometimes they do. A lot of times they don't. And uh it is a gamble. Right? You are, when you're investing in a company, you are trusting that that company and those executives are making the decisions that they say they're going to make. And sometimes it doesn't work out. Um, You hear gamblers always talk about how much they won, but you never hear them talk about how much they lost. And it's the same in the stock market. Everyone who straddles an option and does all this stuff, you know, whatever, and they say, I made, you know, $50,000 on this trade. It was great. How much did you lose in the other times? Um, and so, so we need to ignore it and not get sucked into, to that type of thing. And so what we're really, what I like to frame this as your three questions, and I'm going to bring you on a journey. And today we're only going to cover the three questions. I'll cover more in a future podcast, but I want you to just get your foundation, but I'm a firm believer. And the reason we want to save is not, let's not talk about retirement. Let's not talk about any of this. It comes with such baggage. Um what I like to talk about is how to, I mean, you could call it financial freedom. You could call it financial independence, um, living independently. What I, what I preach and what I tell people is that what the reason we save money is so that we have enough to live on where we could tell everybody else to just pound sand. That's it. We can live off the income generated from that money. Uh, they say you need money to make money. This is how you make, you make money, by saving money. That's it. Um, and we have to start today, right? Like Tom also said last week, Twenty, the best time was 20 years ago. Second best time is now. Um, financial independence, to have enough money so that you can just live and you're doing, I mean, ultimately, like the theory goes, you could have so much money in your account that you could technically live off it. So you're just working to do whatever it is that you want to do. And that sounds nice. Um, you got to you gotta keep busy. Uh, and It's great. Most people don't really get there, to be perfectly fair. I mean, a lot of people do, but it's good. To, but that's the goal that you want to set. And when you have your goal, whether it's to pay off my mortgage, then everything goes into paying off your mortgage. And you could do that. When you say, I need this much money, and then all of a sudden I could walk away from work, all of a sudden your perspective on work changes. You might actually enjoy your job at that point because you don't have to be there. How many people have you know, put in there two weeks and all of a sudden they're like, oh, the people I work with aren't that bad because you don't care anymore, right? <laughs> you're leaving and you're much more productive and you're doing all this stuff. That's what financial independence is about. It takes that stress off. You don't have to be there. And you don't feel trapped. And that's what we're looking to do. Um, and and so it starts with the basics. And we're going to start with the basics right now. There are three basics that you need to do. And wrapping this up, you are responsible. I have to say this again. You are responsible for your financial situation. Okay, blaming other people doesn't doesn't help. You can say this boss never gave me a promotion. Well, then, I mean, like, I don't know what to tell you. It's not their responsibility to take care of your financial situation. It's it's a little rough to say it that way, um, but ultimately, you need to make the choices that are that are right for you. So, uh, and and to be honest, you can also just say, forget it. I don't want to. I'm just going to get Social Security later. That's fine. You could do that. You make that choice. Um, I don't want to live waiting on a Social Security payment. That's my choice. Um, I don't want to do that. I don't want to sit and say, I'm on a fixed income of this and I have to wait for this check to come. And, um, I, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with anything really for that. So you don't really want to live based on, on something else. So, uh, the three questions we need to ask ourselves and the three questions and your homework for this week, I'm going to give you homework through this podcast is, uh, the three questions you need to figure out the numbers. You need three numbers. One is what is your net worth? how much are you worth? And I'll tell you right now, you're worth a lot. You, you have worth. You are, you are full of worth. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about how much money you have in the bank. Uh, that's number one. And I'm going to explain a little bit more. Number two is what's your budget and how much money is bleeding out of your, your situation. And number three is what is your goal? I'm going to tell you how to figure that out too. Um, everything else, all the other stuff, Right. you. If you have a 401k, great. We could talk about that in another episode. If you have an IRA, that's great. If you're putting money in a brokerage front, that's great. Um, great. All of that's great. But these are the three numbers you need to answer. Okay. Because these numbers, when you put that together and that story together will impact your decisions on everything else. They'll impact your decisions on where you invest. They'll impact your decisions on how much to invest. They'll impact, I mean, this is this is knowledge, right? Like G.I. Joe, knowing is half the battle. We have to understand what it is that we need, how much we need, and how much we have so that then we can move forward, okay? That's it. If you have, um, you know, making decisions, if you have a net worth of negative uh, uh, 500 bucks, and you know that you need $4 million to live independently, maybe you shouldn't be doing, um, a BMW right now. Um, maybe you need to make some different choices. Maybe if you see that you're spending $2,500 a month on a restaurant, um, on restaurant dining, maybe we need to talk about how to, uh, learn about cooking, maybe just one meal a week or something, right? Whatever it is. Um, I mean, when I took a look at our budget and our house, uh, I mean, and this was a while ago when I first did it, but like the amount of money we were spending on wine was crazy, crazy. And and so uh, I, I'm not even going to say how much the number was, but we, and I mean, that is just literally pissing money away. Um, the amount of money we were spending at restaurants, the amount of money, all this stuff. And this was, you know, this was like three years ago. I'm like, this is insane, right? There is no benefit to this. And when you take a look at, let's say you do a, uh, I don't know what there's 12 months in a year. So if you're doing, um, I mean, there are people spending like thousands of dollars on wine a month. Uh, you have a bottle of wine a night. It adds up pretty quickly. All of a sudden it's like 10 grand a year. Um, there are a lot of better things you could be doing with your money and it compounds and it grows. And we're not very good at compounding interest, uh, and understanding compounding interest, but, um, that's how you make your money. The more money you have, the more money you get. So, uh, net worth, let's talk about your value. Your net worth, for those who are afraid to ask the question because they don't know, uh, your net worth is the value of everything you have. Okay? So let's take um, a look at how much is your house worth and then subtract how much you owe on your mortgage. How much do you have in your savings account minus um, your credit card debt? Do you have a car loan? That's a subtraction. Do you have a 401k? That's an addition. And you add it up, add plus, minus, do it up, boom, boom, boom. Do you uh, have these little Star Wars figurines that you think are worth a lot of money? How much are they really worth? Uh, How much could you sell them for? You could potentially add that into your net worth. But um, what we need to do is just write it all down, Excel spreadsheet or on a piece of paper, whatever it is, write everything down. And you're gonna forget something, so put it somewhere where you could save it. Because you said, "Oh, I forgot that I owe, you know, fifty grand on a car." Okay, well now that all of a sudden goes in. Um, do that math and come up with that number. Uh, if it's negative, that's not good. Okay, I mean we have to think about net worth like it's uh, and budget and everything like a business. If you owe more money than you have, uh, it's just not good. Um, and most people are there. OK, that's just the way we're, we're a consumptive society. We um, we are consumers. We're designed to consume. We are marketed to so that we will spend more. Uh, and we do and we do it for for damage. So if it's negative, you got to figure out how to get a positive. So but now, you know, OK, so now you know that, you know, you've got credit card debt and everything else. You say, all right, how am I going to get this positive? Not knowing is at the battle. You can you can determine your next steps, whatever it is to do that. If it's positive, great. Good for you. Let's make it even bigger, okay? Let's get that net worth as high as possible and do it. So that's number one. That's how you figure out your net worth: all of the things worth something, all of the money you owe, and net it out. That's it. Net is adding minus subtracting. For those of you who who don't, um, who just don't know, there are people who just don't know. That's okay. Um, so that's your net worth. It's how much money you have, all positives minus the negatives. Then once you have that number as highly positive as I hope that number is, uh, then you have to figure out your budget and and this can be difficult. So budget, it doesn't have to be difficult. Uh, budget is how much money you are taking into your house and spending on a monthly basis. Okay. So you take a look at your budget and how much you spending for um, housing, mortgage or rent or whatever. How much are you spending on food, um, shopping, clothes, electric, water, uh, all that stuff, part of your part of your budget. Um, write everything down, okay? There are apps that you can use to do this. I mean, in fact, most people's bank accounts, you could probably go into your account. I know uh, uh, like Chase Wells Fargo, Bank of America, all those companies, I think they have something in there where you can just kind of automatically categorize it and see it. Um, especially with your credit card info, sometimes it's difficult because it's just not a statement to see where all your money's going. Uh, apps like mint is a famous one. Um, there are a lot of apps out there that will tell you where all of your money is going each month and you take a look and take a look at trends and you see, all right, wow, I'm spending X amount in restaurants. I'm spending this much at groceries. I'm spending this much, uh, on booze. Uh, I'm spending this much on cigarettes. I'm spending this much on, um, clothes and, uh, stuff. How much went to Amazon, and how much of that stuff just went right into the garbage? Um, and you take a look, and and that's really like your, your if you're a business person, your home business, right? Your homes. How much revenue did you bring in? Your income, and subtract out how much went out. If that's negative, that's a problem. Okay, take a look at how much money you make, and is your budget less than what you make? And if the number is negative, you can't just wait and say, "Oh, well, I'll pay it off with my bonus," or "I'll do this." Those that's not. It's just not going to work, um, and it's not really the way to go forward. So you need your budget number, and are you living within your budget? And if you're off on your budget, it's time to make cuts, um, and it's time to say this is what you know an appropriate number is each week that we can spend. There are people who do the envelope method. They each week they take out how much they are allowed to spend on groceries, and and when you're dealing with a budget, and there are a lot of I know people who don't even balance a checkbook. I don't know how. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. Um, If you don't take a look at your budget and see how much you're doing, because I know a lot of people make a lot of money uh, and they don't have a budget. They're leaving so much money on the table uh, that so many people that I know could be retired today if they just paid attention to how much money they were spending. And I feel like a lot of the people listening to the podcast are probably in the same boat. We're, we, we waste so much money on stupid crap. Uh, if you have a Prime membership, go back over your last like 100 things that you bought through Prime. And you say, that was a mistake. That was a mistake. That was a mistake. It's so easy to spend your money. And everything is designed to get you to spend your money. You need to really do a review of what's what's important. And, and as part of that important discussion, uh, learn to tell yourself no. Because and this is where the next component comes in, your goal, you need something to say, you know what? This uh, special commemorative 1986 New York Mets autograph poster um, probably isn't a good spend of my money considering I'm in my mid-40s. Uh, I should probably put it towards the fact that I need this much money to, to not ever work again, okay? And then all of a sudden you have a choice. Um, and so now we're going to, uh, now we're going to your goal, Okay? And, and that's what we need to do is your goal. We need to, um, when we think about money and finance and, and our financial situation, we need to make choices in the moment uh, with an eye on the future. And that makes our choices much easier to make in the moment when we know what it is we're working for, whatever that goal is. So I'm giving you right now how to figure out your financial goal. But someone else, I mean, it could be anything. It could be I want to launch my own business. I want to open a vineyard. I want to buy a boat. I want to buy um, uh, uh, an exact replica of the 18 van. Whatever it is you want to do, okay, save up your money to do it. That's fine. But you have to know what the goal is. And then you're pivoting you're, or you're, you're battling up your choices each day. Um, do you need the $4 coffee every morning at Starbucks or can that money start going towards your bigger goal, which is something you've always wanted? Uh, so we have to figure out the goal and, and going back to the financial independence thing, financial freedom, whatever it is, there is a number, there is a number that you can get to that is generally accepted as the number to hit where you could potentially just live off of the amount of money you saved. Uh, and once you hit that number and you can get there, um, then technically you don't have to work and it assumes a modest 4%, uh, return in the stock market. And, you know, I'll talk about that. Okay. I'll talk about it now. So when you invest in the stock market, you get a return with dividends and money grows and everything else. And generally accepted is that 6% of all your money comes back to you each year. So if you invest a hundred thousand dollars, 6% 6% of that is six grand, you make, you know, whatever. So the number that we need to do in order to live off of is you multiply by 25, 4% times 25 is 100. It's 100%. Um, so 4% is a very conservative view on where you're going to go as long as you have conservative investments and and the proper investments and everything else. So uh, too much to get into here, because I'm already like 30 something minutes into the podcast, I'll do it again. Um, it's also extra noise and irrelevant to the fact that you just need your goal number. And I'm going to tell you what your goal number is. Take a look at that budget you just made. Okay. That was number two, your budget, everything you spend in a month. Okay. Multiply that number by 12. That's how much you've spent in a year. Okay. So now you've got your monthly budget. Multiply by 12. Use a calculator. That's how much you spend in a year. Total expenses. Then multiply that number by 25, and it's going to be a big number, okay? For some people, it's in like the $5, $6, 7000000 million range. Other people, it's down like $1.5 million range. Um, so for example, if you spend $5,000 a month, if your expenses add up to $5,000 a month on a mortgage, healthcare, whatever, like you add it up, um, $5,000 a month times 12, 12 months is $60,000 a year. Okay, that means you spend sixty thousand dollars a year. If you to take, if you were to take that sixty thousand and multiply by twenty five, you need one point five million dollars to live independently, and then you could just pull out four percent each year. That's it, um, and you should be fine technically. Uh, that's how the theory goes. Whether or not that's right for you is a separate discussion. All I want you to do this week is, one, what is your net worth, what is your budget, and what is your goal? And those three numbers, you could start to piece together a story, okay, of what you need to do. And it may be very depressing. I'm going to tell you that right now. You may just be like, this is this is not feasible at all for me to get there. Uh, then we have to start talking other questions about how can you start saving money. Um. And how do you get there? The thing about compounding interest and compounding growth, uh, you know if you have 100 bucks and you're making 1% of 100 bucks, you're making a dollar. But if you put it up to you know, 100,000 bucks, all of a sudden it's a lot more. Um, money grows. And as it grows, it grows more money. So in order to save, uh, in order to get to that point, we have to save as much as we could possibly do. There are books out there to tell you about this. And I'm going to give you some book recommendations. Uh, the easiest one to read is the richest man in Babylon. It's an old story. It's like an old tale about the richest man in Babylon. Everyone's asking him for advice. 10% of everything, you everything you make. First thing you do is pay yourself 10%. Every check that comes into the house, 10% goes to you and you'll get there. You will eventually, it's, it's a long haul. Okay. And eventually consistently it will get there. Um, it's like the BoJack Horseman thing. It's uh, um, It gets easier to do. Um, it's going to be hard sometimes, but it gets easier to do. Uh, the hard part is just doing it all the time. And when you consistently do it, you will be shocked at how quickly you make your money. That's one. Number two, uh, The Millionaire Next Door is another famous book. And it was basically this academic guy, professor, I think. Um, he wanted to study what made millionaires. And we think about all these people like trying to invest in companies and doing all this stuff. Most of them were just average people, uh, who saved their money. And he, he was able to find a bunch. I don't know how he found them. I forget. Uh, but it's called the millionaire next door. And they brought like, he brought them in for interviews and he had this caviar and all this fancy stuff. And they showed up in like jeans and t-shirts. They own like local bodegas, um, gas stations. These people save their money. That was it, and and they're very frugal, and there's so there's so much crap that we buy that we don't need, um, and those are the ways that we can do it. So, from a basic standpoint, money wise, I wanted to give those those three little those three little nuggets of information. That's your homework this week. Figure out those three numbers, and uh, you will you're going to be miles ahead of everybody else of of whether or not you're going to be getting to become financially independent. Um, Once you have those numbers in place, you could start to make decisions and I'll do another episode in the, one of these next couple episodes, I'll do another one. on what to do once you've set that up. Um, but let's just get those three numbers. You, you need a foundation. It's, uh, you know, I talk to a lot of people who want to launch a business, um, or, you know, they're trying to make changes in their career or whatever. And they say, I wish I could start a business. I say, why can't you? And they say, well, it's too expensive. Or they'll say, I'll never retire. I say, why not? And say, I don't have enough money. Well, how much do you need to retire? And they say, I don't know. How much do you need to start the business? I don't know. So how do you know you don't you don't have enough? Right. And a lot of people may find they're closer than than they think. Um, but it's it's focusing on it now. And and most of my clients are are between the ages of 30 and 50, right in the sweet spot. Uh, generation X, right on down to like the top end of millennial. Um and these are the people that are starting to make these decisions. And you have 30 years to do it when you think about it. I mean, this is, if you take a look at where most of us are going to live until we're 70, 80, 90 years old. Um, we have the time to do it. And if you find yourself 35, it's, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're in your 20s, bank it. You'll be a millionaire by the time you're 40. Guarantee it. Um, it's amazing how quickly this stuff will grow and no matter what happens with the market, as long as you consistently do it, you'll get there. I promise. So net worth, figure out where you are. Do you need to fix something or do you need to accelerate something? And, and that's it. Your ins and your outs, your budget, how much is bleeding out of your place and how do you adjust that so that you can save more? And then, uh, number three is, um, your long-term goal. What's your monthly budget? Multiply by 12, then multiply by 25 years. And that's how you do it. I'm happy to explain this more. If I went through that a little too quickly, just reach out to me, Jim at bellwetherhub.com. I love talking to people. So um, I'm happy to, um, look, this is free advice. I mean, I'm not, um, and this is is the type of stuff that's life-changing advice. So uh, do it if you need it. It's time to face it. So reach out to me. I'm happy to help. Uh, I'll see if I can put some things on the website. I'll work on that. Um, maybe some tools or, or uh, some Google Sheets or something. Um, I tend to get a little excited with my Google Sheets, so I don't want to kind of confuse people. But um, So there, there you go. Start your work. Do that. As always, reach out um, and hop on bellweatherhub.com for more great information. Um, thanks for listening. And thanks for being here and happy saving. Good luck with your homework. I can't wait to hear about how well it goes. And I'll talk to everybody soon. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. Now, do something for yourself. Bellwether is much more than just a podcast. Join us at bellwetherhub.com, where you can read riveting articles, view upcoming events, and connect with other interesting people. I look forward to seeing you out there soon.